I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. You know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Sandfields. Oh, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Tell them. Tell them. The Breakdown Podcast. So what's good, people? You're listening to the Breakdown Podcast, episode 16. Got the full team back on the pod. What are you saying, Jay? But I'm good, man. In the place where we, we, we used to be in, top four. So winning games. What can I say? Can't complain. Can't complain. <laughs> what are you saying, Kofi? You're back now? Yeah, I'm back, man. I'm back. Um, I'm feeling all right. You know, life is good. Outside of football, life is good. You know, work's going all right. You know, food, food is good, all the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd rather, I'd rather touch on that than football at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> what are you saying, T? I'm here, man. We gave you guys a, a, a good a good Super Sunday. So I hope you guys are all entertained. <laughs> Were you? I was not. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna leave it. The breakdown podcast. It is mad. VAR's VAR's a bit mad. Um, I don't know. I, I thought you know before yeah when when VAR was first coming in like before and it was like being tested and stuff like that yeah I thought like there was a clamor to be like let's use all of the technology available. Right, let's just use everything. So goal line tech was first, then it's like um VAR video assistant. Now let's have no before that it was even do you remember five ref no, yeah, five officials. So you had the two in the champions yeah. league behind the goal. Yeah, yeah, behind the goal. They had and they had a full as well, it? <laughs> there you go. So you got yeah. that. And then obviously now video assistant refereeing, where it's like in the Premier League anyway, last season, everyone like every decision, everything, you're just waiting for VAR. Now they've gone completely the other way where it's more in the background, but the decisions don't make sense or whatever else. Like, do you, do you guys think that, do you think it's it, it should be, the game will be better off if you just turned it off? <clears throat> well, not necessarily, because I think there, there definitely is a role for, like, assistance of some sort, because obviously the referees are only human, isn't it? But I think, I think, and you know what? To be fair, I think I'm stealing a, a bit of Jay's thunder because I think he said this when this come in. Um, but it's about the people who who are running it, isn't it? Really, because if you have if you have the same people who are making kind of uh, inept decisions, and they're the ones who are still actually controlling the, the technology, then we're, we're going to come to the same place, which is basically what's happening now. Um, so I feel like you have to have some kind of independent association running the VAR rather than having the referees because then it just ends up being the same thing. That's Agreed. it. That's it, man. From, from my Agreed. perspective. Agreed. I, I mean, I got like I can't even dispute what you just said, bro, because you fit it no on the head. It's like even before we came on, even before we just started the pod, I was even thinking earlier on, like a couple of hours ago, um, 
is there a way that we could even apply for a part-time role on weekends just to go just to, just to start doing some appreciation like with far because like we speak about the conscientious decisions on the weekend alone and we've we've seen a few, like more than a few blunders and we as fans like even like four of us even people on social media and all the rest of it we all seem to be on the same sort of the same sort of level like when we're actually viewing the games we all come to we all tend to come to the same type of agreement right so why is it that our, all of us can read the game better than the so-called qualified people like i don't know who was actually on far duty in liverpool um tottenham game but yeah they had an absolute mare an absolute mare and then our iniesta lookalike referee was moving <laughs> a bit was moving a bit um i don't know he had a bit of a power trip as well Tried to move like big man and he just wasn't that bad. So I don't know. But, but it's just it's just weird. Um change the people, get people that actually know the game properly, have actually played the game as well. Um and then yeah, kind of go from there. Yeah. I think I think T you make an excellent point about having um an, you know maybe an independent um sort of presence with um the VAR. To me, VAR, like the actual concept itself is is great. So having technology that gives you the ability to rewatch something that's happening at a fast speed, you might not have caught it, whatever, various things can happen and various things can happen at the same time. Um, so I think that the concept of VAR is is fine. Um, and I don't think we should ditch it. But I think that it's the subjectiveness and the kind of there's a feel like almost as if like the referees and the people associated referees like officials and stuff like that all get together like some sort of gang um and are protecting one another um instead of making objective decisions based on what or based on what they see um and i know one of the things that really irks people really irks me is every time a decision is questioned the I don't know who it is, the, the referee in leadership or whoever, um, talk about it not being a clear um a clear error. Um but what <laughs> I mean some of the mistakes that are going on now, like <laughs> you know, are just I mean, if we can see it, then you know, everyone can see it, like um, and they can see it. Uh, but it's it's not even just the mistakes that they're making. It's it's when VARs looked at the mistake. Or looked at a, a flashpoint um, and decided not even to ask the ref to go and have a look at it themselves, um, which I think, which I find, um, is unacceptable. And then you get situations like in the Liverpool and Spurs game where one man is sent off. Fair enough. Whether you do agree with the decision or not, one man is sent off because it's, it's, they've reviewed it and he's had a look at it and he's, he's felt that way. But Another man isn't sent off because it's not reviewed. And then there's a feel of, well, what are we watching here? What's 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 going on? What's the reasons? And um, yeah, that's the bit that needs to be tackled. I think officials in the game, there's two parts to it. There's the rules and then there's the, the, the decisions. So last season, people had, you know, a problem with like marginal offsides and stuff like that. And the officials have tried to tackle the rules um, and make it as a bit more, you know, not just fairer, but more entertaining, more good for the sport. But there's this other side where the people are questioning the quality of officiating in general and then what is VAR's 
role in this? Are we using it properly to, you know, make the game as fair as possible, which is the reason why it was brought in um, and to help mm -hmm. the officials. So, yeah, that's, I, I agree with T on maybe it feels a bit of um, mafia, like with the referees. <laughs> Certain clubs as well, but, you know, we, we, we... We ain't gonna, we don't need to go there. No, no, let's 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 go there, bro. Let's go there, fam. Certain, certain clubs, but certain clubs benefit because even, even do you know what? Even with the refereeing, yeah. The thing yeah. is, even with the refereeing, I feel like um, what people feel like is that it's amplified. Certain things are more amplified now. So, let's say, um, whereas before you just said, ah, uh, say back in the day, Old Trafford, go to Old Trafford, you're gonna get penalties and whatever. I feel like with VAR, it's probably made it's, it's doubled down even more. So whereas there's like this unconscious bias, it's weird to see replays and certain quote unquote the big clubs in that year, they'll just get the decisions. Do you get what I'm saying? And and it's like you've got the video assistant. I think that's the bit that um infuriates me the most is that you've seen a replay. You've got mm -hmm. a replay of something, you've clearly seen it, and then now you're coming up with excuses. Do you know the one um, Jota on the weekend, yeah, where he just got bundled over in the box? The excuse was that Jota slowed himself down. Mm. And therefore, that's how that's the reason why they didn't give the penalty, because he slowed himself down and then got pushed in the back. How do you shoot without slowing yourself down? <laughs> how? How? How does he shoot? And it's just madness. And you see what I'm saying there, yeah? This is what I'm saying. You need men that have played ball. Because you, everyone should know when you're going to strike a ball, you've got to compose yourself. You've got to slow down to wind up. You can clearly see the wave replay. He's winding up with his left foot to strike it. That man's just got barsh in the back. Or, or, or you might even dummy, might be attempting to dummy like the goalkeeper or any. There's or a number of things yeah. that could be happening. You can't, you can't make that distinction that oh, he slowed down and done it on purpose because you and, don't know what he was about to do. There you go, and th and this is where it ruins. It's like my thing is that it starts to it starts to it's going to start to diminish the product and ruin the product because that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's been happening for for you know for weeks and weeks and weeks. I've been talking about it about refereeing decisions where it's clear and obvious and blatant, and they've seen a replay. I've just decided no. Nah. And even with diving, yeah, some players dive get whatever. Other players dive and it seems to be a yellow card and it's an unreputational thing do you get what i'm trying to say so there's certain players who could be literally hacked hacked to no end and it'll just be like yeah whatever another player who maybe has a reputation or whatever will dive and all of a sudden it's like that person will get the yellow card it's just weird to me it's weird to me how they're officiating the games but I, I, I think the bit that's gotten better is the offside calls, in my opinion. Mm. I feel like, as much as I hated the offside calls before, I feel like that's gotten better. They've gotten a bit better with that stuff. And there, that's taken the pressure off of, say, for example, the linesmen. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. <clears throat> so the lines, the lines, the linesmen or lines people, I don't know what you call them in 2021, but yeah, let's say the, the other officials who... Um, who are able who 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 can now rest in the fact that they don't have to put their flag up straight away or you know um even if they do make a mistake they can be bailed out because it's a factual decision right you're either offside or you're onside it's taken the kind of the debate out of it the only debate was like oh with what degree of accuracy should you call someone offside or whatever but at least it's the same for everybody so i feel like in terms of an offside point of view 
it has done it has done its thing. But where it's kind of um spoiled things is just in the sense of just the amount of time sometimes that reviews can take and that can kill the momentum of a football match kind of thing because you're not sure what to do. And I feel like teams are start to players as well have started with the psychology to rely on referee, you're not gonna go and check that. Or they'll do something and then they'll like go and enforce something. So it's almost like you know what I almost feel like, yeah? It almost feels like the referees who are the video assistant referees listening to commentary. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes it sounds like they're listening to the commentary. Because you know when they just go and then the Gary Neville's like, ooh. And then all of a sudden it's like VAR review and you're just like, bruv, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So sometimes yeah. it's, it sounds, it feels like that. And, that. and that's the frustrating part is just like the, the team of referees. Because before I was such an advocate for having more than one person having a look at something, yeah? But it's turned into too many cooks. It's just literally turned into too many cooks and then therefore now you're getting decisions that in in real time, and I, and, and I, I start swaying towards this way now where if the referees dealt with it in real time, I'm kind of good with it, you know? I'm actually all right. Even if he's made a mistake, yeah, I'm kind of all right with it because I don't mind that as part of football. Having to dredge up every single clip right, to, to work out what's going on, I feel like using VAR for questionable, you know what I mean, speculative reasons, I feel like that's that's killing the game a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, you know, like yesterday with um, the Liverpool Spurs, like the Harry Kane challenge on, on Roberts, Robertson, um, just the VAR not... Not saying to Portini, I don't know if you missed that, mate, but that was a dangerous tackle. Maybe, maybe have a look at that. Um, but then, but then, you know, saying that with the Robertson tackle, I just think that's gonna lose. That's gonna that causes me to think, oh well, these guys don't know what they're doing. That, and that's gonna cause a lot of people to think, well, these guys are not don't know what they're doing. They never knew what they were doing. They definitely don't know what they're doing. And but now. There is evidence there, and um, thing. but I take your point about you know looking. You don't need to necessarily look at every little thing, but I think that's a big enough. The Harry Kane situation with Robertson, that's a big enough situation to say to the man. I don't know if you missed that, but if you did, have a look at the, you know, the screen and and um, see what you think. Then at least we can see as fans, we can say that okay, he's had a look. The referee has made that decision, but. What you get is VAR just shirking the responsibility, or the person operating VAR shirking the responsibility, and then thinking, "Well, why are you there?" You start to think, "Well, you you guys are just like the, like you said, the fifth official behind the goals who used to just stand there with their little wand or their stick and and um, not say anything at all." Um, so yeah, the breakdown podcast. Yeah, you know me because if you see, if I was to change this year, um, if I was to change it and say because they made a tweak, obviously, from because last season was it last season or the season before they weren't going to the monitor, there was one season they weren't going to the monitor at all, it was just straight VAR, and we could see the lines on the screen or we could see everything. Now we see less and we just hear the decisions and stuff. I feel like referees going to the monitor has helped, kind of thing, but it's kind of ominous, you know, when you see a penalty call. And then the referee's been chucked, he's left it. And then all of a sudden he goes over to the screen. There's very few times that I've seen a referee be like, 
nah, 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 I'm sticking with my decision. Um, so that's that's definitely one area that obviously, you know, has, has changed. But if it was up to me personally, my opinion now, just because of how I've seen things going and stuff, is that I would only like it for offside, to be completely honest. I would only like VAR to intervene for an offside, if it's a goal and it's offside goal, or if it's goal line technology, like a factual decision, then I want VAR to in intervene. You see, if it's on the field of play, I kind of just, I just, just let it run. For me, anyway, just let it run because there's so just anything, no point. Anything subjective, basically. Anything subjective, in my opinion, anything yeah. subjective. That referee is a qualified ref. You know what I mean? For hundred plus years, football was played like that, right? With a qualified ref and whatever. Cool, but where is a matter of was this person offside? That's just a factual. That's not no one. That's not an opinion. That's your yeah. offside. That's that. This is the rules. You're offside. Yeah. Even with offside, I know even with offside, there can be subjective stuff like were you in the line of vision of the keeper and whatever, whatever. But again, tighten up the regulations, make it offside is offside. And it's cool because then I feel like, you know what, if it's not the offsides and it's not the, you know, did it go over the line or not? It's, it's still football. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. Just take it off anything subjective because I feel like they're never going to get that part right. And every country referees differently. In the Premier League now, you can you, they just want to they want you to hack someone to death. You know what I'm trying to say before you you can get something. So that's the only way you can get you know free kicks and stuff like that at the moment or decisions gone. So they've gone so far the other way now where they're not protecting players. So for me, anything subjective, I, I I'm sick of it. I'm literally sick of seeing those things because it's even more frustrating. Because you know, like before. If the referee got a decision wrong, you're just like, yeah, they got it wrong. But now it's like they got it wrong and they watched it. And they watched it back multiple times and said, no, 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 we're sticking with that decision. That's even more infuriating personally. Yeah. Don't want to list that um, things that went wrong um, <laughs> during this week. But like even the West Ham, when Arsenal played West Ham, and is it? Sufal got sent off after that was that was terrible. I mean, things like that are just terrible. Spoiled the game as well, mate. Shaka's tackle, Harry Kane's Shaka's tackle. tackle. Yeah, there's just loads of stuff where you're just like, what, what, what do you guys see? Because people have been sent off for similar things. I think Wan-Bissaka got sent off this season for a similar yeah. thing, coming over the top of the ball. He got sent off. Pogba Shaka got sent off. off. That was that like young boys as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pogba got sent off um, against Liverpool. I remember coming over the top of the ball. Do you know what I mean? Taking someone's foot and stuff. I think it was Cater, right? He took he, he took out Cater, was it? Naby Cater. So people have been sent off for stuff. There's no consistency, and it's just like it is what it is, kind of thing. But I just I don't know what you guys think about that. Like in terms of if they were to say, you know what, subjective decisions. Nah, this is this is this is for factual stuff. Offside and goal line, and that's it. You know what? I, I would personally prefer that because even hearing the reason why Harry Kane's one wasn't looked at was Buki in itself. They're talking about um, velocity and force of, of tackle and all the rest of it was the reason why it wasn't looked at. And you know what? Jamie Carragher made a really good point. My man ran at full speed. How fast do you need him to go before it's actually before he's actually now dangerous, did you get what I'm trying to say? Um, and then, like you said, Mark, like you alluded to the um, the Paul Pogba one. Like for me, there's no there's no real difference there 
in tackles. Like you have a standard of tackle that's been given a particular decision and everyone's agreed with it. If that's the standard, adhere to that. It, it's simple. It shouldn't be hard. I'm sorry. Like if we can remember these instances this season of where we know that decisions have been decisions have been made and p- people have been all been on board of it, referees should be on board of that as well. They should be studying that. They should just know. So if they see similar stuff, go by the same go by the same book. No one will say anything. Um, but it just seems as though these men, and I think so, I think one of you men have already alluded to already that like people's reputations, but kind of kind of bailed him out more, more often than not. And I think with the Harry Kane one, with him being Harry Kane, unfortunate, well, fortunately for Tottenham, unfortunately for Liverpool, it, it, you know, it, it saved him. I, I can't speak on the Jota one. Um, I know that, Mark, you've been talking about Liverpool and all the rest of it, but <laughs> Liverpool, but they really suffered yesterday. They really did. So, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah. But yeah, that, no, I, I definitely agree good. with you. Yeah, seeing Liverpool cry about not getting a penalty, to be honest, it was quite sweet, to be fair. <laughs> you know. Was, oh, that's not nice. It was it was <laughs> quite I'm not gonna lie to you, it was quite sweet. I felt I felt I felt rather vindicated, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, I know she's not gonna say anything. <laughs> I ain't saying anything. I'm not buying that's what I'm not that's what's it. even sweeter. That's even sweeter. <laughs> no, but but you know, like, but you know what I'm saying, like, in terms of subjective decisions and that, I I don't see how can they start to get those right. How do you think they can get those subjective stuff right via VAR? Like, what can VAR do for them? No, VAR can't do anything for subjective decisions. The officiating has to be has the quality of officiating has to be looked at and. Um, yeah, just re- I'm just repeating myself, but yeah, the officiating and also the man in VAR being brave enough or bold enough to just call out what it is that like, it doesn't even need to be whatever, but you need to just say, mate, no, nah, you got that wrong. Um, coming out and saying, oh, the velocity was a bit iffy, we don't know how how, how fast he was going, you know, he was going 10 miles an hour or whatever, like 20 miles, you know, that's 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 no good, um, because. You know, like like Kofi said, we've decided that if your studs are up and you come sliding in with your studs up and you've left the ground, that that's that's dangerous Correct. play. And that yeah, mm. um, so that's the that's that is an attempt to take out the subjectiveness right mm. in in the decision there, um, and then the officials whoever have introduced some subjectiveness into it by saying, well, we don't know. Um, how many miles per hour he was going when he was um, <laughs> racing towards things. So it's the officiating and the officials and it's sort of, you know, uh, you know, policing, I've got your back and you've got my back sort of thing that's happening that I, I don't agree with. And that won't work with VAR. No matter how, what you do to VAR, it won't work if if that's in, in the game, if that's involved in VAR. And and it's been that way. For the thing is, the, some of this stuff, and I guess this is why we get so frustrated, is because it's been that way for years. Like mm. if like a tackling action, yeah. If there's a fifty fifty, the action should never be a stamping action. The action mm. should always be a sweeping action. So you should always be trying to sweep the ball away from somebody, or it shouldn't be studs showing. So ideally, it's your 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 inner sole or the side of your foot that's. You know what I mean? 50-50, clean tackle. And that can be as hard as you want in terms of tackling. That can be as hard as you want kind of thing as long as it's the right type of action. But any sort of stamping action, any sort of over the top of the ball would start showing. I understand 
because some of those can be clumsy rather than dangerous. But regardless, if you catch somebody and their foot is planted, you're going to do serious damage to someone. So when when they're looking at and reviewing it, it kind of is just like, well, you know, they might as well turn it off because, um, you know, uh, Robertson, for example, he wouldn't have been sent off without VAR looking at it. He got a yellow card for that challenge. Personally, I don't mind. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. If it was a yellow card and whatever, I don't actually mind. If if we didn't get to see the replay of that, it is what it is. I want them to, I would love them to just trust the referee's decision. And if that's a talking point afterwards, cool. But just trust the, the referee's seen it or didn't see it or whatever. But that's their job. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I feel like the technology should come and assist football, but it shouldn't start to dictate what's going on. Even like celebrations, bruv. Like celebrations have just gone out the window because they can be so delayed due to like, you're not sure. They kind of look to see a flag. Before it was like, look, you look to see if there's a flag. If there's no flag, I'm, I'm I'm off and I'm celebrating. Now, you look to see if there's a flag. You're chilling a little bit. The referee blows and says VAR's checking it. And it's like, for me, it should only be for one thing, man. If it's offside, cool. Facts. Facts. I'm offside. I did something wrong. Even pushing and shoving, bro. Even even pushing and shoving from corners and that. I don't don't disallow go goal because of that. I don't want to see that unless the referee saw himself and said, "You know what? No, nah, that was not good." I don't want to see you do that or awarding a penalty because somebody's pushing and shoving in the box. But I feel like that has to stay in the game because that's part that's part of defending. No matter which way you kind of you look at it, it's part of defending. If you're a shorter guy and somebody's taller than you, part of you defending them is holding them. Like, it's just a fact. Like, no matter which way you kind of slice it, part of you defending it as a, as a shorter person, if you're the right back or the left back and you have to now go and mark Van Dyke, half of it is just going to be shielding him away from the area, trying to make him run a longer angle so he can't get his head on the ball. That's it. So now, I don't want to see penalties given for that. So for my solution would be, yeah, just make it, that whatever it's literally an assistant ref in the game like assistant it's a video assistant person but it's only there and and eventually you could probably get a computer you know you could probably just get a computer to say whether that was offside or not that's it but the moment they're making it at the moment it feels like it's going too much the other way and when one of the most exciting games of the season we're talking about var you know what I think? you know what i can help but i think just as just just as you were speaking mark do you think? Do you think here yeah, that referees with VAR, VAR being there are kind of bottling it just because they know that VAR is there in the case they don't want to make a mad drastic decision and then get it completely wrong and then have VAR tell them that yo you got it wrong and it makes them look incompetent so they'd rather make a weak decision hope that VAR then comes in makes a decision for them and it's kind of like okay cool yeah cool but VAR themselves don't want to referee the game. So therefore, they're kind of leaving it to the ref. So that so that now there's a bit of a a bit of a clash in decisions. So either way, it's just not good. No one's in mm. actual any. No one's really taking any real ownership of what's actually going on in the field. So if VAR weren't there, then like like you alluded to, the, the pre- more pressure would be applied to referees to actually referee properly. So if they made make a poor decision in the game then they've got to learn from that. They've got to be more alert the next game. Um, and that's how that's how it's always been. But it just seems like now nah, they're kind of just shirking away the responsibility of making 
unfair decisions, man. Because yeah, and we and we don't. The thing is, we don't we don't have any top referees anymore as well. This is the other thing. Before our referees in the, in the Premier League, Premier League referees, you're refereeing the Champions League final, you're refereeing the World Cup final. You're do you know what I mean? The, the top referee in the Premier League was going to be the one. Do you know what I mean? Could have been the one that's like he's in there. I don't remember the last time that was one of. Do you know what I mean? After Clattenburg, there was no one after that. You had Clattenburg, you had Howard Webb, you had Graham Paul. I know Graham Paul did a madness and gave someone three uh, yellow cards in the match. But I'm just yeah. saying, before that incident, yeah, he was a top referee there. Now, yeah, who yeah. is the top referee? Who is the referee that you go, oh, because you know before you'd be like, oh, so-and-so's got that game. And it would be, say, your Howard Webbs or whoever. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Hold tight, the United fans. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, certain referees, you just knew they, they, they understood they were generals. Do you know what I mean? They could talk directly and look in the face of players and they weren't scared and stuff. Now you kind of have certain referees who want to be superstars, certain referees who are just, you know what I mean? They're not refing the game the way they're supposed to do it. So I don't know if we have even standout referees now. Do you see what I'm saying? You know what? Just as you said that, it just even made me think, those referees that you alluded to before, you've got to look at their background as well. as people Because they're all, generally, referees are just normal people like, like you and I. Did you get what I'm saying? And I think if you speak about someone like Howard Webb, he was a police officer. He had a police background, right? Mm. So you look at that, that you, you just think about those type of characters and the way that they operate mentally. What They just don't take certain things from anybody. So they command authority. Like, I mean, I've forgotten my guy's name. I said Portini. Is that his name? The, the referee, the guy referee yesterday. Bless him. I'm sorry, but he looks soft. Like, the way he referees the game is really soft. He, look, he looks too nice. Do you, I mean, not even just in terms of looks physically and that, but like the way that his demeanour, it just seems a bit, you know. So when he tried to do that thing with Klopp, yeah, I was looking at him, I was like, bro, this is not you. You're, you're trying really hard. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, mm. And like you said, Mark, there isn't there, there isn't um, that many referees, there isn't any referee in the league that, that commands that sort of thing. And I think maybe the only person I could think of was uh, Mike Oliver, but even him, his standards have really dropped. I mean, initially, when he first got brought in, it was like, oh, he's going to be the next, you know, the next big ref. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he's just, he's not that either. So it's mad. This is why he doesn't referee high profile games anymore. The Breakdown Podcast. He does a couple Champions League ones and whatever, but again, like, you know, you go from, like you said, your, your Howard Webbs, even as far back as um, Pierluigi Colina, you know, that guy, nobody's playing. Nobody's playing around with Colina because he's a serious guy. He looks you dead in the face. And, he, you know what I'm trying to say? People are shook. And he was he, he was in an era where people were pushing down referees and stuff. Ain't mm. no one doing that to him. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So I think just the respect levels and that. But I, I think VAR... Can obviously it's provided drama, it's provided golden moments. I mean, who can who can forget some of the moments that is provided? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like for me, Liverpool, no, not even Liverpool, Man City. Oh my days, Man the City, Spurs. Champion, Champions League, Spurs. It's really <laughs> goes and celebrates. <laughs> Just wheel it up, big man. You better wheel up that <laughs> celebration. <laughs> So nah. it's provided some moments, yeah. That you know what I'm saying, like it's provided some good moments and and some moments of real clarity, right? People getting red cards, and people getting red cards and then having them rescinded because they're completely bogus. I suppose that's that's um, 
that's kind of been a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes the red card and they're waiting and then once they see it again, they're like, oh no, okay, here's what it is. But I again, I think I'm okay. I'm okay with that decision being up to the referee. And even if they want to rescind it later, it's cool. Lock off the whole <laughs> thing, man. <laughs> yeah. So lock it off. We'll go back to how it was, man. Trust. Yeah, penalties at Old Trafford, isn't it? It <laughs> 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 is what it is. Fergie time, all of it. Give us, you know what I mean? Give it to us back. But yeah, obviously talking about the league and stuff as well, like T man, your boy, you, you, your boys can't catch, catch, can't catch Man City, can they? One. <laughs> can they catch? Oh, can they catch Man City? Are, are, are they on that or or no? Yeah, of course they fight. Of course they can. I mean, what there's what twenty games left, right? Twenty games yep. left. Um, it's a, there's a three point gap, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, Liverpool and City. I mean, you know, I, I said this like I think last week or, or the week before. I don't think Chelsea are out of it either. Like I really don't. I don't think. I don't think that like City are clear gone, and they're like they can't be caught in these kind of things. I think City have the biggest propensity to be able to put together a winning run but I don't think they're like indestructible because I, I I think you know in a couple of weeks or a month or whatever we're going to have a conversation about a striker if they don't do anything about that you know I think there's all of the sides who have been in the in in the running are all susceptible I don't think it's it's, it's a situation like um the last couple of years where you know men are running away with it you know so yeah, three points. At three points, of course, Liverpool are still they're still in the record, and they can, City can still be caught. Um, but yeah, I guess City. I think they do have the biggest propensity to to put together a winning run. Yeah, because people talked about we talked about the striker thing, right? They've scored forty four goals, no striker. Yeah, last they've couple games. Teams. Yeah, yeah, they've won teams games. seven and this and that. Eight eight games on the spin so far and counting, you know, in a row. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the eight small games. They've they've really they've really given the business to some teams this season. So um it's it's hard to for me, it's just hard to look past them because I'm saying, you know, Liverpool, I think Liverpool have scored 50 goals, but again, Liverpool have got, you know, best bear in the world and all that playing for them. Um, you know, City have got a, you know, different players. Do you get what I'm saying? And the team, look, look, look what was you saying earlier? Foden's not playing, Grealish or not playing. And they're still able to get the job done. Yeah, but they, they they should be able to though. I don't I don't understand this thing of listen, listen, what we're not gonna do here is we're not gonna buy into Pep's uh this little <laughs> this this sobbing story of no we ain't got a striker. Nah, 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 nah. We, we, we ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna do that. That's what I'm saying. Why not? But well, why not though? Because they don't have a striker. Well, yeah, you could say that, but look at the quality around that the offensive positions. You know, even before they they had a striker that they had Sterling contributing twenty goals a season. You know what I mean? They still got they still got quality players running around. They still got world class players and multiple in various positions. So, in my opinion, it's a bit like, yeah, I'm not I'm not paying attention to that. That's, that's a narrative for for Pep to hide behind the things that go the, the way he wants it to go. It's simple. We we will know about that. We will know about that. It's just, you know? it's just fighting talk from T, bro. It's facts. It's facts. It's, 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 it's flying the flag. It's facts, man. 
Listen, Jay, I curated this, you know. I knew, I knew, I knew how to do this. I knew how, I knew how to get us to this place. No, it's fact, man. It's fact, it's fact, it's fact. At the end of the day, City spent hundreds of millions, man. So, of course, they're going to score goals. Yeah. But also, think... Liverpool's, Liverpool's ability... Sorry, Jay, just one second. Yeah. Liverpool's ability to cover the injuries is not the same as Man City's ability. But, Definitely not. You know. Definitely not. Like, obviously, the, the squad depth is an issue, which is what we saw, you know, against Spurs. You know, I, I said to... I said to a couple of the Spurs guys who who I know was like, listen, this game for me, I could see it, I could see it going either way. You know, I don't, I don't think this is a clear Liverpool win because structurally, you've basically taken out the backbone from Liverpool, you've taken out the the, the midfield, All the, the first the first three, uh, or the, I guess Klopp's favoured midfield, um, you've just completely removed them from the equation and Van Dijk as well. And actually, you know what, yeah. I'm saving this. I saved this for the pod, Marky. Your boy, Matip, yesterday. I want to hear your your thoughts on his performance because for me, it's very interesting. What do you think? I think Kanate was worse. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I think Kanate was worse, but but Kanate is a kid, like I said. So yeah, I suppose if he's playing next to a kid, it's not the same as playing against you know playing with Van Dijk, but you know. Matip was all over the place, mate. Like he showed himself <laughs> to be an, an average defender, which is what he is. He's a he's a defender that made that's made looking that's made to look better with Van Dijk. But anyway, the point was um, sorry, I, I, I went off on a tangent there because I need I needed to nail you on that point. No, um, no, this is what I wanted. I'll be waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, obviously, like to to the point that the lineup when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's an issue in midfield because I don't think um. The, the way Klopp sets up his teams, too many changes to that backbone, that structure, doesn't really run, man. We've seen it in cup competitions and stuff as well. You know, if that intensity is lacking from the midfield. Um, and you know what? It's not even the, the backline per se. I, I don't have an issue with, with Konate and, and, and Matip as a, as a partnership. I think they, they, they had enough to win the game. But it's the midfield, it's the issue. It's when you're, when you're starting Morton and, you know, that it's, it's a baptism of fire for him. Um, and um, yeah, obviously you're, you're lacking a bit of guard with Thiago, no intensity from Henderson. So yeah, man, you know. Actually, I think probably I'm not sure if if uh, it's been discussed very much, but like Conte's tactics, I think should be strapped, man. I think he 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 went for the heart. Liverpool, you know, left his two guys up top, and it was all fun and games, man. When that when when <laughs> when Kane and Son got, got against Matip and. Canate boy, <laughs> that, that was fun in games. That was hilarious, bro. <laughs> so yeah, man, fair play. But yeah, squad depth think? wise, we can't, we yeah. can't, we can't chat to see. No way. This is it. So what do you think, Jay? Is, it, is can Liverpool catch them? Can, can realistically, the next ten games, do you think City's going to run away, or you think it's nip and tuck? Uh, nip and tuck. But I do think that for for Liverpool to, because we've seen Liverpool match. Um, City's intensity and, and and being able to make a long run of winning games and getting points, but Liverpool need to be perfect. Um, whereas watching the Newcastle game, I know Newcastle are not the greatest sides, but City that's and I think even Pep mentioned it that the first half that's one of the worst displays he's seen from City. Um, <laughs> he, he, um, he said that he said that the first, you know, the first half was one of the first displays he's seen, but um, the second half they, you know, they played much better. But um, 
I think even you know a better team would have been able to um, perhaps try and punish City. Um, so City, what I'm trying to say is that City seem like they, for most teams, they don't necessarily need to be even at their best to track to still, you know, give them a kick in. Whereas I feel like for Liverpool and Chelsea to try and match City's um, strength endurance in terms of this league, they need to have you know their best players available and fit and mentally switched on as well. I think that's an, that's a point that we miss out. It's having these players not mentally tired um, is key as well, which City, their players don't seem to get into that phase where they're mentally tired. And if they do, they come out of the team and someone else comes in um, and it's as if nothing happened. <laughs> nothing, No one's missing. Um, so Liverpool can, but I don't know if, if, if they will, if they can match that perfection. And also, like T said, some of the tactics, so like I think the way they dealt with Salah yesterday, um, Spurs was was really good. The way Conte set up um, to deal with the, the attacking threat, um, I, f- I think those kind of things as well. You can't. It's difficult to do it to City, you know. To you know, if you lock down one player, it doesn't matter with them. They've got you know so many rotations happening in the pitch that you know it's hard to lock down all their players. Um, as Leeds found out when they when they tried to go man to man, but um, <laughs> so don't get Mark started on Leeds, man. <laughs> I let Leeds do the talking themselves. The <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think. I think I think it's not it's not over yet. Three points is still doable, um, and they've still got to play each other. But if it gets to the six, maybe seven seven points, and then. If there's a seven point gap, I think you're struggling to catch C. Yeah, because City yeah. last season, around this time, you know, wasn't it? They broke a record for consecutive wins and stuff. They're in the same form. Like, it's, mm. it's mad. They're in the same form on the same type of run. Um, and again, we're talking about when te- when players come into the Man City squad, when pe- to players come into the team, there's not a big drop off. There's not like, do you know what I mean? It's it's it, and they'll still be able to get over the line, kind of thing. You still got players who, you know, even like a Kevin De Bruyne, who really is going to kick on in the second half of the season. You got players who have held it down for the first half of the season, and Gundogan might start. Do you know what I mean? Start ripping it up in the second half of the season. Bernardo Silva, out of nowhere, has just started to become a player. You still got Jack Grealish, who's still finding his feet, trying to find his feet in the system. Gabriel Jesus is another one, unsung hero for them this season the way that he can play across that front line. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So they've just got options upon options upon options. And even defensively, they've got options. The, the way that teams can try and get at Man City or where they have done before is, you know, balls over the top. But Man City have the, are the only team in the Premier League so far to have conceded single digits, conceded only nine goals all season, half a season. They've played 18 games. They've only scored, conceded nine goals. So... It would seem to get what I'm trying. This is more what I'm why I'm trying to say that if they if they and they're on in this type of form where they're not conceding loads of goals and they're destroying teams and teams are starting to become beaten before they even have a go. I think it was only Palace who were able to obviously, um, you know, stick it on them and make it really difficult. Wolves tried their best to make it as hard as they could, um, as well. But of course, you know, City had to 
let's say he had a stroke of luck to get through, <laughs> through mm-hmm. that game. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's difficult for me to see this. Now, obviously, Kofi, I'll bring you in on it. Like, T seems to think Chelsea's still in the title race. Do you, as a Chelsea fan? Uh, me, personally, no. Realistically, um, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think the last couple of last last couple of games, I've had to sit down there and actually watch it um, through, a, let's say, not necessarily from a fan-type lens. I've had to watch it from a football fan type of lens um, and they sort of assess the games and the way that, let's say, backup players are coming in, rotational players are now coming in and performing. And Jay even mentioned it. For Chelsea to to even sort of, you know, to even get into a sort of challenging position, they've got to have their best players available in all positions. The second you remove one or two from the squad and from the team in general, you just see an actual big drop-off in performance. The Breakdown Podcast. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, the way that Chelsea performed against Wolves on the weekend, it wasn't all bad. It actually wasn't all bad. It was just Wolves, as you, as you mentioned before, they, they're quite resolute. So even they, you know, kind of stuck it on City in terms of their in terms of the way that they were defending and stuff. So Chelsea were always going to have it, have a bit of trouble at Monday anyway. But um, the trouble with Chelsea at the moment is breaking teams down with a low block. And that was a problem under Lampard anyway. And it's now come to the fore again. So um, if that's that much of an issue now, it's, it's not it's not going to get fixed overnight. So, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see them being able to keep up with the pace. Um, I think for them right now, it's just about keeping it kind of respectable in terms of the gap. Uh, for the amount of it invested in all the rest of it and being European champions and blah, blah, blah. But just kind of keeping the gap respectable is the, is the main thing now, um, realistically. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, if you compare Chelsea to the top two, again, it's uh, in Chelsea, I can see having a draw and a blip here and there yeah. and some patchy form from certain individuals that play for Chelsea or whatever. Whereas like... I, you know, the consistency, the ruggedness, like Liverpool can, can you know what I mean, can start grinding it out. Um, obviously, their defence might let them or the squad might let them down. Man City have got the squad to rotate and whatever else. It just, it seems a bit more difficult for Chelsea um, at the moment because, like, they still got that same squad, right? You still got that mishmash mm-hmm. of players in that Chelsea squad that are a bit, you know, it's it's just weird in some places. It's like that, that Tuchel really it's drawing the best out of that squad but if you're being honest about it it's not one that was well thought through yeah, when no. it was put together 110% and we spoke about we spoke about this at the start of last season there was a big big confusion with the, some of the signings I mean the players in isolation individually really really talented right but in terms of actually building the actual unit and squad it just didn't make sense and you know what to be fair I think even when you look at Tuchel's um, for, um, Tuchel's um, starting 11s from time to time, they, they, they still don't look balanced in, in certain positions. Um, when you've got a Pulisic playing in false nine, it, you just know that's not his game. He's not got a low centre of gravity. He's not, he's not a hazard. He hasn't got, he hasn't got that big, the big backside where, you know, he's robust and can kind of, mm. you know, hold off people, play with his back to goal, kind of roll man, you know, and not drop, not drop on the ground after getting barged by a bigger defender and all the rest of it. And attack and attacks just the game um, just being constantly broken down. Um, 
So you just look at the roster and you just kind of look at them and think, yeah, they're just big gaps there. Um, it's not something that can't be addressed. Um, I just think that even for me, I got it wrong. I thought they might be ready this season to mount a really serious challenge. They could still do, I don't know. But me personally, right now, as of today, I just think it's done and um, they should more be thinking about next season and doing that. But putting up something respectable for this year, for sure. Yeah, because it's it's still not easy to play against Chelsea. Like it's still not. No. Do you know what I mean? It's it's still it's still hard to score against Chelsea. It's still it's not it's not easy and stuff. But I even saw like Sal Nogueras came on the other day and played mm. on the left wing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> when you're seeing this, you're just like, okay, cool. So I think it's just a squad issue and whatever. But I think the squad's are different. So okay, cool. That's that's the top of the table. So what about top four now? Because obviously now you see Arsenal sitting pretty in fourth place. You know, Jay, Jay's look, don't look happy, but <laughs> oh, bruv, he, he should be. But also, I'm out, in, I'm out in a late title challenge, bruv. They, they're on, they're on the bounce, <laughs> I saw, I saw a stat that um, I can't even remember the time period now, but since some some point in time, um, no one has had more points than Arsenal accumulated, other than um, I think City and Chelsea, no, City and Liverpool. Um, I think it might have been since last season. Um, so, and there's a few. What tends to happen is when Arsenal put 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 on a few good results, so um, you get these stats coming out of nowhere. Um, to, <laughs> I don't know if it's the club or <laughs> or if um, it's the management's um, agents or whatever. But these these weird and wonderful stats come out to emphasise <laughs> they made the right decision here and there. Um, uh, with the Arsenal top four thing, I think let's let's wait and see. Uh, like we were saying earlier, Spurs have got a f- quite a few games in hand. I think United have got a few games in hand as well. Um, if they win those, um, or if they get some trade out of those, it might push push Arsenal back out. Um, but uh, well, you could say that they're doing they're doing well at the moment. Um, They've got Martinelli <laughs> to, to do to solo. It's pain in you, bro. Pain yeah, in you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're doing they're doing well, they're getting the results. Um a lot of people are doing their job. Uh the standout is Martinelli. Um he's he's leading the charge but and even Smith Rowe coming off the bench and just be like, but it doesn't matter how you bring me on, um, I'll come on and score a goal. That's it's a fantastic quality to have. Um, they're keeping clean sheets. Ramsdale's is toying with fans as well as as well as strikers. <laughs> and um and the um centre backs are keep you know keeping clean sheets and Tomiyasu as well was endearing himself to Arsenal Arsenal faithful and winning his duels. So yeah, they're they're doing well. It's good they, it's the first time they've been in top four, I think, since twenty sixteen, they said, um, at Christmas. That's another stat for you guys. Um, <laughs> um, so, but I think, yeah, let's wait and see and see if it's a real, real um, top four challenge. But they're in there. They're in the, they're in the talk. That's the thing. Yeah, I just bring it up there. Like, you look at the top four, um, the top four picture in that, it seems like it's like, I, I feel like the top three are set. I, I can't see the top three shifting any, any, any type of way. Um, but now, because obviously it's pretty much the halfway point of the season. Certain certain teams have played eighteen games. Certain teams have played fifteen. But pretty much halfway is short, sort of um, part of the season. Um, Man United look placed. 
West Ham look placed, Arsenal look poised, and Tottenham look poised. I would say it's one out of those. It's one out of those teams that's that's fighting for a place. But you know, who at this point, who do you, who do you think that fourth one is going to? Anyone just open to anyone? Who do you think that fourth place is going to go to? Based on what you can see for the projecting for the last half of the season. That's tough, man. Um, you know what? I, I think actually I could see Man United. I could see Man United doing it because when I look at the squad and I look at the talent, look at uh, you know who who's still to come in, and um, I think they probably have the biggest potential to get that full spot. Um, yeah, just looking at it. But it's going to be an interesting race though because it's, it's, it's cooking up to be to be something something quite intriguing. But yeah, out of push, I, I reckon United. You know, it even sickens me to say this. Man United should, should claim top four, should claim full position if the top three stay as it is. And I believe it will. But I, I slightly think Tottenham will get it, you know. Mm. I slightly think Tottenham will get it, and uh, it, I feel like the not well, not that not that Tottenham were even close to going through in the competition or anything like that. But that confirmation of them being being forfeited and kicked out of that UEFA Conference League today, Ooh, yeah. It, yeah, it was just kind of confirmation to me, and it was a bit of a flashback to me of the season that um, Conte had with us, where it was like one game a week, training grounds routine training ground routines just hard at work on the pitch working on shape and all the rest of it and just building up real momentum week on week game by game and watching Tottenham yesterday I'm not going to lie to you it may have been a depleted Liverpool side in terms of like you know certain key positions and stuff like that but the performance that, that Tottenham put in as a unit you know, the lack of individual errors that we used to seeing. Did you, you, you realise that um, Dai actually played yesterday at centre-back? <laughs> he, yeah, yes. he actually played yesterday. I, he, he, I did realise. Yeah. yeah. You know, he played yesterday, but he's not been a talking point like he usually is. And this is the point. Um, you know, and I just think if if they really, really continue the route they're going down, then yeah, I could see them pipping everyone else. And it's just the games in hand. I think it's kind of really helped them out, man. It will come. The, win the, win. The, the dive thing, it will come. Don't worry. You wait. It will come. <laughs> the dive will come. It will come. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for... I was thinking United. My Mark asked the question, I, I was thinking United. I think United have just got... Probably, other than maybe City, I've got so many options. And now they've got... Um, um, a proper coach, like he might not necessarily have you know the records, a winning record or winning titles, or whatever. But they've got a proper coach who has you know a way of playing. He's we've seen that he's sort of um, input imparting his ideas on the players as well. Um, and I think that in the end, they probably probably might have a bit too much quality for some of the other guys that are going to challenge like Arsenal and um, and Spurs. I think. Man United are capable of drumming up consistent wins against some of the lesser sides um, without any faltering. Um, so I would go for United getting that top four. No time for West Ham. Why is no one showing West Ham no love for top four? West, West, West Ham are tired, bruv. They're tired. 
they're tired. <laughs> no, seriously, I, they look. I mean, when they played us, anyway, played Arsenal, um, they looked they looked exhausted. Um, and they're what one injury away with like Michael Antonio from not from not basically having a striker like Michael, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and they're what they're in the they're still in the Europa League, Europa yeah. League right? Uh-huh. So, and I don't think they have the squad for that. Um, yeah. So one win in their last five games as well. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So it's 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 a bit. It's been a bit patchy in terms of form. So they might just be looking at Europa. But me, yeah, I will go Manchester United. I think so. But I I feel like Spurs are going to run close because I believe Harry Kane's going to have a good half second after the season. I think the players start to understand more what they what the, what the assignment is. You can see obviously. They've, they're, they're on a good run, even if you look at the table. Do you know what I mean? Three out of the last five games, they've won. A couple of draws, you know. Um, obviously, the draw that they could have won against Liverpool, they didn't win, though. Um, but, you know, putting in performances like that, I do feel like, even Deli Ali, you know, as much as he missed it, that, you know, what I would call as an absolute sitter, but he put in a shift. Do you know what I mean? And he actually looked. No one could say it, that he didn't try. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. saying? No one couldn't say that he didn't put in effort. And you know what? It's a good sign, man. It's a good sign. Because, you know, you would have thought that Lucas Moura would start, you know, in the team. Especially the way they were playing. Um, you would have thought Lucas Moura's in there. Lucas Moura, Son, Kane, you know, starting to be on the transition. But, you know, I, I really feel like Tottenham, you know, if they, if, if, they can, if they can continue on this form and Harry Kane starts netting um, and they become harder to beat as they're starting to become... I do feel like they can have a real say in the top four race, personally. Um, I think with Arsenal, Arsenal's, Arsenal have the potential to go on some serious down, down, downtime. <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> can have, they have the potential to, to, to really go and draw and lose some games and have some turmoil here and there. That might stop them from getting there. I feel like if Aubameyang was there and firing and scoring goals, like are we, you know, getting the chances as well because Arsenal's not creating nowhere near enough chances even when he does play Um, I feel like that might hold them them back a little bit but you know I don't I I would I I feel like if I was a betting man I'm putting it on Manchester United but you can never I don't I don't feel like even with Manchester United some of the traits of the players are still the same you know Um, Ralph coming in fantastic but Again, it's still the same roster he's got to work with, and they still they, this this is this is not just one manager. This is a couple of managers that some of them have been playing under and stuff. And you know, the, some of the traits are still the same. So, you know, we we kind of see. And obviously, Manchester United they are still fighting um, in the Champions League as well. Who knows what will happen in the FA Cup as well? So, and I too, I think although Man United have a squad, you know, once you peel back beyond the first eleven in certain positions, you really are you really are in big trouble. You know, a couple of injuries really do start to make you look a bit funny, especially in midfield, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I would probably say Manchester United, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tottenham in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also AFCON as well, if it does happen. Um, I know for Arsenal, if it does happen, we'd be losing Thomas... Um, and he he's a he hasn't had the best start to the season, but he's still Arsenal's best midfielder. So I thought he was going to say Pepe, bruv. He's getting that Ozil treatment at the moment, bruv. So. He's getting yeah. 
he's he's not playing, so you can't say that he's not doing um he's doing anything bad. He's just got um I think you, you can't say anything about Pepe at the moment because, or I can't say anything about Pepe at the moment because um Gabriel and, and thing are yeah, are doing their thing. He's not playing, he's not even coming on um as a sub. So I'm not sure what's happening there. I don't know. I, I feel like Personally, I feel like Mikel is tr is trying to weed out certain players out of Arsenal, um, players that potentially that he didn't sign and um, not necessarily receptive to his, you know, his his style of play. But can't argue with it because them and the guys that are playing are are putting up stats: um, Saka, Smithrow, Martinelli, even. Oh, the guards! <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> is um, you know, he's 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 putting up some assists. So, yeah. Let's let okay, cool. Let's round up quickly and look at the bottom of the bottom half of the table. Um, obviously, we had a relegation talk before, but you know, again, certain teams have played eighteen games, so it's half mid-season. Um. Yeah. Who who who's going? Got a feeling just based on how you how you see it now. You see the form table. Norwich gone. You know Norwich out of here. Um. Newcastle. Newcastle. You know Newcastle are disgrace. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You know. Oh. No, but seriously, they're a disgrace. You know because you see you you see what I what I've seen about Newcastle. Yeah. Is they've just got no home training. That's what it is. There's just <laughs> there's no home training. Yeah, they, they, they just the way they play. Yeah, is they all play as individuals, all of them. Yeah, uh -huh. Saint Max gets the ball. Yeah, do you think he's passing? He's not passing to anybody, and obviously he's got no confidence in people to pass to them. Uh -huh. But he gets his head down and he runs and runs and runs, and it's just like brother. Sometimes. Release, you know what I'm saying? Then you got how they defend, yeah. And how they defend is even worse than they attack, yeah. Because how they defend is embarrassing because they all chase after the ball. They're like headless chickens, all of them. And so they, bruv. I think even T, you mentioned it before. You were just like Eddie Howe can't fix these gaps that's going to be there in the team. Oh my days! The way they chase after the ball, yeah. I feel sorry for anyone who has to play in that team. And then they just have really clumsy individual mistakes that you're just like, mate, if they could make, you know, eight sign, I will say they, they need to make seven or eight signings in, in the window, which is doable, obviously, because they've got a blank check. So, but they need to make seven or eight signings. But Newcastle are an absolute disgrace. Their fans aren't, though. Their fans are excellent. Do you know what I mean? But the, the team, nah, that's that. They're rotting. Right now, they're literally the definition of rotten. Yeah, it's shocking, man. It's really poor. That the goal they conceded was it against City? The mishap. It might have oh, been uh, was Kieran it, was Clark. It, oh, listen, <laughs> bro. You know what? Yeah, you you actually finished off Kieran Clark. You actually finished him off because when we, <laughs> when we had that 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 pod on on Newcastle, we spoke about you know starting lineups and stuff. Since then, he's been sent off. <laughs> you know he's he's making he's making these calamitous errors, man. You know, no, no, no. Let's let's get this guy out of here, man. Let's get him out. I'm telling you, he's he's what it is. Cool. So so who so okay, cool. So if we all accept Norwich is going, 
Um, uh, so, Newcastle's so what? Going. So we saying, well, you think Newcastle's going, yeah? For me, Newcastle again. <laughs> gone, bro. Gone, gone, gone. <laughs> However you want to put it, gone with the wind. Billionaires <laughs> in the championship. That talk, talk about the football pyramid, boy. That's unfair. <laughs> Going you know, I can see the guy as well. So cool. So then, what? Watford, and I'm including Leeds because it is what it is. You know, Leeds, Watford, and Burnley. <clears throat> I see Burnley getting out of it. I'm, I'm going to maintain that. Um, I, I have a feeling about Southampton, man. I still have that feeling with them that their their propensity to lose games in a row. I think. It's huge. And I'm not sure they have enough to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for me, Watford, but, man, but... The, 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 way, the way man defend, the vibes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the parties and discos that they're having at back here. <laughs> it's, it's, whilst it's entertaining, yeah, they're entertaining club to watch, but nah, it's, I don't know, I think it might be a bit too much. For me, anyway. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I'm just hoping that th- what I said at the start of the season about Leeds possibly being in that bottom three doesn't happen. Um, and I don't think it will. Because I'm looking at the table now and like, damn. But you see, it, it all really depends now because I would put Burnley in there, but I'd, I've just noticed they've got three, they've, they've actually got three games in hand, actually. Um, so depending on how those three games go, I mean, that's nine points there to play for. Depending on how those go, um, would obviously have a really big impact on my decision. But with one win in the league thus far, same as Newcastle, I'm inclined to kind of go with them. Um, mm. I think as as the bottom three is right now, I probably I probably say I probably end up like that. I, mm. I just can't like for as good as Burnley are. I keep saying it, sometimes draws are just as bad as losses, you know, in the grand mm. scheme of things. You can you can you can go and beat in the whole season, draw all your games and still get relegated. So that, that's the way I, that, that that's the way I look at it, man. So we have to. I, I thought you I thought you were starting to send for Arsenal Day, you know. I don't know. We move. The breakdown podcast. <laughs>